All right. So we have some scriptures here and we're just going to share with you on um, prayer because we are in the midst, um, brothers and those online, of our time of outreach, reaching out and touching the community. We believe that God has sent us to make a difference in the lives of our community. And so even that should inform our prayer life. The thing that that God has called us to do um, in the community needs to be birthed and based in prayer and then um, should drive us into the community to make a difference with the empowerment of God on our lives to bring to people the touch of God into their situations. All right. So our scriptures today is Matthew chapter nine, verse 35. And then we're going to read down to chapter 10, verse two. All right. So that's our first scripture. Hallelujah. And then it says, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now, the names of the 12 apostles are these, and then it lists the apostles, but that's the key things that we wanted to make sure from that scriptures. All right. Now we have one other scripture, Psalm chapter two, verse seven and eight. And it says, I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. All right. So um, both of these scriptures were talking about prayer for the purpose of outreach. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest. Pray and ask God to give you people um, to be a part of the kingdom community as sons and daughters of the Lord. Of course, if uh, Psalm chapter two in the strictest interpretation was really uh, God the Father talking to God the Son, okay? But um, as Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I sent you. And we are his sons and daughters, and we are born of God through Jesus Christ. So we can ask the same prayer in this, in the purpose and in the name of Jesus and have that apply to what we're doing in the kingdom community. I'm asking him to give me my community. I need you asking him to give you people specifically because we have to receive these people together to walk in the thing that God has for us. Amen. All right, so let's talk about prayer. Some of this is review. Um, the, the definitions I have prepared, I do have a handout. It's on the way, and you'll have it here um, before you leave. All right, so the first definition is prayer is the intentional communication with God, giving and receiving directives, offering petitions, 
expressing adoration, verbalizing contrition and commitment, acknowledging thanksgiving and interceding for others. Now, what we're doing, we're offering petitions to God. We're receiving direction from him in the area of outreach and we're interceding for God. And then we're giving him thank thankfulness that he is with us, in us and on us as we go out to do the outreach that God has given us. Amen. All right. The second thing we want to say is prayer is also FaceTime with the father that so impacts me that I leave with the greater reflection of his name, his nature, his character and his conquering spirit. And then the acrostic definition of prayer is prayer is petitioning royal access, yielding effective results. We acknowledge that God is a king, that he is a kingdom. So when we pray thy kingdom come, then we're petitioning God to access the, the, the power of his royal influence in our situation. And we learned in one of our previous sessions that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So that's why we say that prayer yields, yields effective results. Now, I want you to have faith for us to do the kingdom outreach that God has given us to do. So this is a new definition here that you've not seen before. And it says that faith for kingdom outreach is the process by which the believer, the kingdom citizen, applies the power of faith to the primary mission of the other father, which is the expansion and extension of his heavenly dominion into the earth realm through purposeful and intentionally providing services to others beyond ourselves to meet their needs. All right. So we believe that there is this thing that God um, has done for us. And we then as believers, those that are saved, those that are spirit filled, those that have been transformed um, and learn the power of walking with God, of hearing his word, believing it, and then causing God, um, as we believe and call to it, to, to make his power available to us. We believe that, that, you know, you can get that kind of power and then all you go after is cars, cash, and cribs. But that's, that's not really, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Listen, 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 listen. We're in a place that has economic challenges. I, I am one that preaches the gospel to the poor. I believe in tithes and offerings. It's a thing that I practice uh, myself. And I believe that there's a supernatural empowerment on those that give. Right. I believe that God can do some amazing things amongst us as we as we give and as we work together to do the things. Um, but the reason that God empowers us in this area is primarily for the purpose of you helping others experience the thing that you have experienced yourself. And so we are believing that the life that God has given us and the change that we have experienced um, through Jesus Christ, that as we prepare ourselves for this community festival to touch and reach and touch people's lives, that they're going to experience the same kind of transformation we have experienced in Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. We want people to come to know what we've known and the way that we're going to extend God from our life to their life is by providing services to people to meet their needs. That's what Jesus did. He provided services 
to them to meet their needs. So we have specifically put things together for this Destiny Festival that can reach people and meet their needs. But our main intention is for them to come to know our King and to experience the power of his kingdom. Say amen. All right. So three keys to, um, to faith for kingdom outreach. Three keys to faith for kingdom outreach. Number one, faith uh, for kingdom outreach is based on compassion, right? So remember Jesus, Jesus um, in, our, in our key scripture there, the scripture says he was moved with compassion. He saw people having real needs and he determined, he's like, man, um, I got power. I'm going to do something about a need that I see in those people's lives. He was moved with compassion. All right. Galatians five and six tells us that faith works by love. Amen. And so love is the motivator. Right. Here's the scripture. Galatians five and six and amplified says, for if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but only faith activated and expressed and working through love. So I like to say it this way. Love is the motivator, but faith is the activator. Right. I'm motivated to, to do something for people. I'm motivated because I, I have compassion. I, I love them and I want to be a blessing to them. But faith is the activator. I have to believe that me, me reaching out to them, that God's going to do something for them, even beyond what I'm capable of doing in my own strength, because I'm not reaching out to them in my own strength. I'm reaching out to them in the name of Jesus and by the power of his Holy Spirit. All right. So Jesus, Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw the desperate conditions of the people in the city and region and where he lived, right? So Galilee was known as a place that was in the shadow and region of death. People used to ask where Jesus was from in Nazareth, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? But he knew that there was a power in him to bring transformation to people's lives. And that's what God is challenging us is with as well. Number two, faith for kingdom outreach is birthed in corporate prayer. That's why we spent time praying together about the thing that we're about to do as we reach out and touch our community. That's why we pray about it. Because he said, the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers into his harvest. So he told us when he saw the need that one of the things that we must do is birth that thing in prayer. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Now, the interesting thing about what Jesus said is that the Lord of the harvest didn't tell us to pray about the harvest. He told us to pray about the harvesters or the laborers. So God, we are praying that you would strengthen us, empower us, help us, show us how to reach and touch people for you. Okay. And so we pray and then we practice what we call here the ABCs of faith. We ask the Lord of the harvest, not for the harvest, but for the harvesters. Then we believe that he has done it because whatsoever we desire when we pray, Mark eleven twenty four, 24, we believe we receive it. We confess that the fields are already ripe to harvest. God, there are people that are prepared 
for us to see them and to meet them today, to touch them and to tell them about Jesus, to tell them about Destiny Generation Church, to tell them about our, our Destiny Festival next weekend and that they're going to be there. They're going to be receptive to hearing that. Um, we de we demonstrate not only after we confess, then we, we act on what we said. And then E, we expect people to respond favorably to our request to join Jesus and this body of believers. Even if they just come out, hey, I just want to come see what y'all got. You got some good stuff? Man, we got good stuff we preparing. I want folk here. All right? You just start there. Jesus started with fishes and loaves to touch people. And then from there, he began to transform the lives of those that wanted to go further. Then finally, number three, faith for kingdom outreach. We said, first of all, is based on compassion, is birthed in corporate prayer. And then number three is brought forth through kingdom partnership. That means when you pray for this, you have to be a part of the answer you prayed for. Don't just talk about it, be about it. Right. So we came here to pray and then we got some other folks that will be joining us. And then from we're going to go out and just really reach out and share with people all of the great things that we got coming into the house. Right. And I'm very excited about everything that we have prepared and planned. We're still working out a lot of details. So there's a lot of places to pray and we need um, destiny generation. We need all hands on deck. We need everybody prepared. Um, you know, uh, I like to say that, uh, uh, we're not a supersized congregation, but we are God's elite special forces. You know, elite special forces are never as big as the, 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 the regular army, but they can get a lot done with just a little bit. Hallelujah. And so we're believing, but I need everybody in place um, this weekend. So change your schedules, what you need to, to get here to be a part of what we're doing. All right. So Jesus uh, what Jesus did was um, he took those who had been with him learning and gave them a spiritual charge and an on-the-spot ordination and then sent them out to do what they had seen him do. So Jesus was a person who went about healing, preaching, and teaching, and then he called the disciples, those that had been in the house learning with him, and then he called them out and laid his hands on them and sent them forth as apostles, ones who are sent. And so that's what we're doing today. We're believing that you've been here learning all of these things. And then we're going to go out and reach and touch people. We're going to spread out and hit different places and that people are going to be blessed as we do that. All righty. Seven confessions of a harvester. These are seven things that I want you, um, I want you to, to confess over um, your life as we prepare, all right? So we're going to flash them on the screen, and then we're going to all read them together, all right? Because it's a confession. That means we're going to all say it, all right? So number one, what does it say? I have the perspective of God. I see people who need Jesus. Now look at John chapter four, verse 35. John four thirty-five says, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. I like to say this, you know, there was a movie out there and it said, I see dead people. I'd like to say, 
Uh, I see people who need Jesus. I see people who need Jesus, right? I have the perspective of God because from God's perspective, you either got Jesus or you need him. Okay, so I'm asking God to help me to see like he saw. Jesus saw people differently than other people did. And so he was like, man, these people are ready to experience their date with destiny. All right, number two, let's say this one. Ready? I have peace with God and the peace of God. All right, so look at Matthew 10, 12 and 13. Matthew 10, 12 and 13. Hallelujah. And it says, and when you go into a household, read it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return upon you. You are justified by faith and you have peace with God. But that peace, Jesus says, not only do you have it, but you have the ability to give it to other people. Listen, 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 listen. When you run into people that are dealing with different situations and then they tell you about them, stop and pray with them. Stop and pray with them. If you have peace in an area and they have disturbance, listen, I can't, I can't fix everybody's issues, everything, right? Sometimes people want you to, man, I got this and this and this and this. But listen, I have peace and I can pray and God will put that peace from me on you. Now, um, I mean, all you're going to do is pray. Listen, if the peace of God comes in your situation, it'll fix stuff. Um, the first peace everybody needs is peace with God. If you're at war with God, then your eternal destination won't be good for you. Right. So. Um, that's what Jesus came. That's why the angels said glory to God in, in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. That meant that God and man were no longer in opposition. All right. So peace with God is the thing that God does first. Now, you know, we'll have a bunch of things here and we're working to help people and give people things for their destiny in terms of our destiny fest. Um, but we don't have in our in our congregation enough resource to fix everything that's wrong in our community. I'd like to. I'd like to fix everything that's wrong in the church. I wish I had resources to, to just transform this whole block. You know, that's my dream. I've been talking to you about it for a lot of years. But what I've learned is, is that first of all, you get peace with God. Then the God of peace begins to work out things in your situation. Now, that takes a little longer, but if you stay with him, he'll get it done. All right. So I start out with peace with God and then the God of peace begins to move on my situation. All right. Now, let's look at number three. All right. So say this with me. I have power to witness of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. In our passage of scripture, Jesus gave them power and authority to witness for him. And he has done the same thing for you and me. All right. Now let's look at number four. It says, I have protection. Come on, say it with me. I have protection by the blood of Jesus and his holy angels. 
All right. Now, why is this one important? Well, this one's important because there are people who know that God has given them his perspective, his peace and his power, but they still don't witness. Why? Because they're afraid. He told us he told us truthfully that not everybody that hears you is going to be excited to hear the thing that you share. But faith in the blood of Jesus and angelic protection is available to us and we activate it with our voice. Angels hearken to the voice of the word. So that's why we're saying I got protection. Lord, I'm going out here. I got peace. I got perspective. I got power, but I also got protection through the blood of Jesus. Look at Luke 10, 17 through 20. And it says, and the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I have given you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rejoice rather because your names are written in heaven. Amen. All right. So we should go out expecting that the that we have protection, that the that God is going with us, that we're going to reach people and touch people. Um, and that any opposition that we face, that uh, he's moving it out in the name of Jesus and in the power of his blood and with the power of angelic protection. All right. Number five. Let's read this one together. I am on the path to those who need to be saved. I'm on the path of those who need to be saved. Let's look at um, Acts chapter eight. We're going to read four through eight and then we're going to read 26 through 29. And it says, therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hear hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were healed and lame, many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. Now look down at verse 26 through 29. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert. So he arose and went and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah, the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. All right. So what we see here is just as the angel and the spirit of God guided Philip, the evangelist to those he needed to minister to both individuals and communities that God will guide you and me as well. All right. Now let's look at number six. Let's read this one together. All right. And it says, come on, let's say it. I preach the kingdom of God with powerful manifestation. Okay. I preach the kingdom of God with powerful manifestation. Jesus told them, his disciples who became apostles to preach that the kingdom of heaven has arrived. Then he told them to administer the kingdom with manifestations of God's power. So as you're there with people, listen, if they say, hey, I need you to pray for me, pray for me and believe. 
Believe that God's going to heal, that he's going to touch. Believe that as they, as you pray for them in the area um, that he's going to move on their lives, okay? With powerful manifestation. Number seven is, let's, let's read number seven together. This is our last one, the seventh confession of a harvester. I receive wages as I reap souls unto eternal life. Okay, now let's look at John chapter four, verse 34 through 38. Jesus said unto them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and come and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For this is the saying, for in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. If I do the thing on God's agenda, he will move on my agenda. He that reaps receives wages. All right. Some people you witness to, um, you may be the first one to give them the truth. You may sow the seed and then move on in faith, believing that the word is working in that person's life to bring them into the kingdom. But if that seed is already planted and then you water it and reap on the seed that has been sown in that person's life, then not only do you reap them in, but God moves and pays you in that process. Now, Pastor David, why are you teaching this? One time I was talking to the Lord about some financial issues in my life, and I'm like, Lord, man, I just need you to hook a brother up. And he was like, listen, didn't I tell you to shut up and win souls? Do something. Do something to advance the kingdom. And as you do that, then God begins to financially move and work things in your life. That's what Jesus said, that he that reaps receives wages. All right. So that's our that's uh that's our thoughts for today. Um, we'll we'll share these things with you.